1: This is Darwin Turf Talk with Sam Highland and Chris Nelson.
2: Another week of Darwin Turf Talk and a big week. This is the biggest week, and one man who is so busy this week is Andrew O'Toole. Andrew, bit
3: going on. Almost haven't got time to talk to you, boys, but uh, we'll make time for you guys. Yeah, busy busy week, busy day. Um, we've got the uh, Let's Talk Racing lunch in today, the barrier draw for the Cups at 230 uh the tried horse sale at five o'clock, so yeah, it's a the, one of the busier days is today. Yeah. Oh, and the field, and of oh, course we've just drawn the fields for Cup Day, so And the
2: and the amazing, I was
3: going to say, the
2: the amazing sorry, on right. the meeting on Saturday looks an absolute beauty for Palmerston Sprint Day.
3: Yeah, one or two lighter fields, uh, Sammy, but um when you've coming to the end of eight days of racing, that's not surprising. But uh, thankfully uh they've all stood up. Uh the Palmerston is a really good field. Um uh, even field a number of chances there, and uh, and the supporting card uh, uh, pretty good as well. So you're looking forward to Saturday, uh, looking more forward to Monday, and uh, probably even looking forward to Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday's rest though, right? Well, you'd like to think so. There's, uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of tidy up and a, a lot of stuff to do, and uh, and it doesn't stop for us here. We uh, we go to Catherine uh, uh, about two weeks later for the uh, the cup meeting down there. So yeah, it doesn't really stop, but um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a bit of a pull, I suppose, and uh, and uh, have a couple of beers after the carnival's done.
4: Now, Andrew, um, before we get down to the nitty gritty of finding some winners over the weekend. Uh, the big weekend it is. What sort of uh, social events have we got going this weekend? What's in store for you exactly?
3: Uh, well, um, yes. Today, as I say, the Let's Talk Racing luncheon—that's a social mm. event. Tomorrow, uh, the uh, uh, Chief Minister's cocktail party at Parliament House. I'll—I'll uh, um, I'll give that a miss. I've been to enough of those, and uh, probably have a bit of a freshen up for Saturday's racing. And then, of course, the uh, Darwin Turf Club Gala Ball uh, is uh, after the races on Saturday. Sunday afternoon, the Calcutta, um, which I'll um, give uh, the boys a hand at. Russell Leonard, I think, is doing the job there. Uh, take a run to the Greyhounds on Sunday night and then uh, do some radio on uh, Monday morning and then the Cup day. Just on
4: Russell Leonard, has he got the uh, licence to do every Calcutta around Australia? Because he seems to bob up everywhere. Yeah, anyway. I think he has. He, yeah, not do yeah, he does do a great
3: job. He does do a great job, uh Roger. He's, uh, he's very good. He comes to Catherine with us in a, a couple of weeks' time. So um, no, he, he gets about that boy. Well,
0: plenty, yeah, he does.
2: Plenty going on. Really looking forward to really looking forward to Sunday night. Uh, from all reports, it's a big night. The, uh,
3: the, the greyhounds. Oh, it's a great night uh, out here at alley Park, and uh, looking forward to the cup. It's a good field. Um, uh, Greg Radley will be in town. He loves going to the dogs, so we'll duck out there for a couple of. Uh, Couple of sherbet's uh, pre-cup day, and uh, and see if we can back a winner at the dogs as well. There's uh, a fair chance Sammy Highland will be out there as well by the sound of it. <laughs>
4: yeah, I think. By so. the sound of things, yeah, <laughs> I think
3: so. Well,
2: so should we do best bets for, for Saturday and Monday?
3: We can try. Uh, yes, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, got all the paper. You wouldn't believe how many bits of paper I've got on my desk, but uh, but that's okay. We'll um, see what we can come up with here on uh, Saturday first. Uh, I think in race two, uh, number 10, uh, a horse that won on Cup Day last year called Zuda Z. He's a great big grey horse. He's um, owned by an icon of uh, Queensland Racing in Con Searle. Con's here for the the carnival, or for the last uh, week of it anyway. Saw him yesterday. And uh, Zuda Z was probably a certainty beaten last time here. Went down a length to Smart Cap. Never got clear at any stage um, over the concluding stages. Uh, Jade Hampson rides tomorrow, claims the three kilos, And I think in race two, you'll uh, get a very good run for your money with number 10, Zuda Z. Uh, Just uh, flicking pages, boys, as we go. Um, Like a horse in the maiden tomorrow, uh, he's had just the one start in Darwin, ran fourth. Um, His name is Air Command, number four. He's trained by Chris Nash, Adam Nichols. He's in good form. He rode a winner yesterday. Uh, He's on Gone By in the Cup. He's also riding the captain in the sprint. So I think uh, race four, number four, Air Command. And... And we get down to the uh, the big one, the sprint on the day, uh, keen here on uh, Depp Leach's horse number eight, Easy Beast. Uh, Siren Fork Rides, um, formerly trained by uh, Richard Lambing of course. Uh, he's only had the one start in Darwin with a very good uh, race for second behind Syncline who will be tough to beat again. Easy Beast strong the inside gate and I think he'll be seen to advantage in the Palmerston. So uh, race seven, number eight, Easy Beast in the sprint. He's a He's a horse that likes to race up on the speed and take full advantage of that inside draw, Andrew. Look, I think he does, uh, Chris. He, he's only run here on the dirty. he actually got back in the run, but I don't think that's his normal uh, mode. Uh, and from that gate, you have to use it, obviously, in a Palmerston. So I think you know, you'll see Siren uh, Fork, the forklift hard at work to, um, to get that horse certainly um, bounced out of the gates. And, and if he does so, I think he'll take plenty of catching.
2: What about the and horse that uh, forklift was that? Uh, he won on something yesterday that came from last. There was something I watched. Uh... Yeah, War
3: Games. Yeah, War what Games. about
2: that? That was a big win, wasn't it?
3: Was was a big win. Uh, I'd seen that horse trial a couple of weeks previous. It was its first start here. Dick Leach uh, He's uh, no mug when it comes to getting them right on the big day, and uh, and certainly War Games was impressive. Yes, he has a barrier blanket that horse, guys, but um, doesn't stop him. He uh, he got back in the run as you say, but. Um, but he hit the line really solidly, and uh, good to see Siren win a race. He hadn't uh, had a little luck during the carnival. Got a holiday early on. I missed the first uh, couple of days, but um, that was his first win. But look to him over the weekend to uh, to put a couple more on the board. He's, uh, that was certainly a good ride yesterday. Gary
4: Clark. All right. Scott, so go.
3: that's
4: going to so say. So, so Saturday you got race two, number ten, the Zoo to Z. Race four, number four, Air Command, and race seven, number eight, Easy Beast. As the
3: best three, which is the best of those? Uh, I think the Maiden Pressure's will win on. Air Command, guys. I think, yeah, I think the Maiden right. will win Air Command, guys, yeah.
2: right. Now, on to Monday, and Gary Clark, he's got a big team of runners. Uh, Gee, he's got some nice horses going around on Monday, but it's, yeah, the big day. What have you got for us there?
3: Yeah, yes. Uh, he had a good day yesterday, Gaz. Yes. He trained three, half the car, and Jared rode, uh, Jared Todd, of course, uh, rode three. Um, so, yes, he's, he'll have them... Uh, in all over the place on the weekend, um, I think he'll um, get the day going early with uh, race two, number one, a And He had the three starts this horse, uh, and only two in Darwin, uh, two seconds in a win and a good win last time. And admittedly, it was its maiden. Steps up to the zero to fifty eight, um, drawn three. Jared tied aboard. Um, there's a couple of last start winners in it, the likes of Fraction Late and uh, Blueberry Boy and Co. But um, I think uh, Coney looks uh, uh, a horse on the rise. He's buying Oconee. They handle the ground up here in the top end well. Um, raced by a, a number of uh, good supporters of the Clark Stable, Trevor and, uh, and Marilyn Gladwin. Of course, Kim Gladwin's parents there in the horse, as well as uh, Kevin King, who races a number of horses from the stable. So I think uh, race two, number one, Aconey will be winning. Uh, All right, we go got that third. one marked down. We go to the third um well a very impressive horse uh yesterday uh called rising sphere um he bolted in in zero to sixty six company he's in a similar race tomorrow sixty six uh eleven hundred again he won by over six lengths yesterday um he will back up uh Gary wouldn't have put him in if he wasn't keen to back him up and he doesn't look anything in this that will test him so race three number one rising sphere for the Clark team, Yep. Good night. Uh just flicking through, boys. Uh well um uh Jeepers, yeah, oh, I think Gary Gary's in for a big day. Um I like a horse of his in the uh what race is this? Uh, race seven. Uh number three, the Mistral, it was very impressive winning here on the twenty third, so that was last Saturday. Uh and uh he lines up again in a uh, 0-62, to 62, that was a 0-58 to 58 last time out, but um, he was uh, very strong at the end of that one by four and a half. He's drawn awkwardly, goes from uh, one of the wider gates, he'll come in a couple with scratchings, but um, big long run down the back at the 1300. Uh, it was 1200 the other day, the step up to 1300 won't worry him. So I think uh, Clarkie in again, race seven, number three, the Mistral. Good-o. Okay, we're getting towards the uh, the end of the uh, what's going to be a big old day um, 10 races we'll go to the cup I think we'll go yeah 10 races yeah I had a trainer ring me this morning and said you're going to split the such and such and I said no <laughs> chance in hell uh, <laughs> 10 is enough we did run 12 here a couple of years ago guys we did really? run 12 here a couple of years ago but uh, man it's a long day but um is long enough for, uh, for all concerned so um, if they haven't um, had uh, their chance in the last eight days of racing, well um they can't all go round on cup day. But um that said we have hundred and eight total entries and um and uh yeah there'll be there'll be the they'll, the ones that are in, they'll get their chance for sure.
2: Good old. Now you pick uh, you tip in the cup.
3: Yeah, the cup. Um well it's uh, the very drawers are say we done this afternoon, guys, two thirty, uh in the middle of the lunch. Uh, and uh, really good cup field. I think this is as good a cup field as I've seen for some time. Um, sometimes a cup can be a little on the, little on the weak side, but that, not this year with the likes of uh, the West Australian Living the Dream, who was so good last week in the metric mile. You've got the uh, former Alice Springs Cup winner, Iron the Fox, who ran second in the race this year. Playoffs, of course, won the Chief, Minister, uh, Chief Ministers, and sure to improve. Uh, Trident won the Guineas last year here as a three-year-old. Noata Roo, he was placed in the Cup last year. Uh, gone by, he won the uh, Buntine in fine style. Kaonic won the Bridge Traylor Cup. Uh, and the list goes on. It's uh, a really good feel. We've, all got the, we've also got the Derby winner in there. Hard to see the three-year-old or just-turned-four-year-old measuring up. But you never know. It has been done before. Uh, the last time it was done, a three-year-old or just-turned-four-year-old won the Cup was Wild Heart, trained by Graham Rogerson back in, I think it was 2003. 2002 or 2003, and of course we've only had um, the two prior to that, uh, uh, Ventilago and Brinney, who won the Triple Crown, both of those horses in 89 and 96. But um, hard for the three-year-olds, but getting down to Tim Tax, I think think even though it's a really competitive race, I think um, the two standouts are the top weight, Living the Dream, Brad Rawilla for Rob Galberti, and number three playoffs, Jared Todd for Gary Clark. They've got... um, the two big lead-up wins uh, on the board. Um, normally, the Chief Minister's is the best lead-up, and playoffs won that and won it well. Uh, and uh, the other horse, he's only been here a matter of a, a week and a half or so, living the dream. He was just so good the other day. And if, uh, if I had to um, toss a coin, I think I'll go with the top weight, uh, living the dream, to give Rob Goldberg his third cup in the last four years. Of course, he won it um, uh, with it's a Him on two occasions. But um, playoffs will give him uh, all and more... Uh, opposition than he requires but i'll go one to beat three in the cup right. he doesn't
4: look um, badly placed weight-wise against the other one living the dream uh, well, there's six points between them on the handicap ratings and only a kilo and a half at the weight so uh based on that and that fact only because i am no expert on the
3: darwin form i'll agree with you andrew <laughs> yeah look and you make a good point i think i think when you look at it uh, they, they tend to compress the weights at the top uh, and the major yep. handicaps here in the top end and and it probably's played into living the dreams hand. Sixty one and a half is a winnable weight, I believe. Um playoffs uh he's fifty nine and a half, so he's two kilos less and sandwiched in between as I and the fox. Um but yeah I think I think um, weight wise, you've hit the nail on the head, Chris.
2: Andrew, well done on a great carnival so far, but can't wait for the grand final on Monday and uh, looking forward to jumping on the bird tomorrow morning and getting a bit of sun on my back myself.
3: Absolutely, mate. Well, the sun is certainly here. It's beautiful weather at the moment. Um, Just starting to uh, get a little more humid than I would like. It (laughs) normally turns on Cup Day and and, uh, we we get a little... uh, hot and sweaty, but um, it's certainly beautiful weather, lovely blue sky today, and a bit of a breeze blowing, so look forward to seeing you up here, uh, Sam, and uh, and make sure you come and say good day.
2: For sure, we will, uh, and let's find plenty of winners Saturday into Monday. Thanks very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrew.
4: See you soon. Take care. Have a good, good again, Sammy, question yeah. for you. Yeah. Living the dream, number one, the horse that uh, Andrew's tipped in the car. It's a saying that I hadn't heard a lot of until I moved to Queensland. Now, I don't know about you, but have you been into a shop somewhere, or been somewhere or other up here, and someone you said to someone, "How you going, mate?" And they go, "I oh, live in the dream."
1: No. Have you heard that?
2: It's funny, funny you should say that. Sam Collett just walked in, and she goes, she just walked in the the uh, studio before, and she goes, "How are you going?" And I said, "Living the dream." See, <laughs>
4: but what does that mean? Does it actually is it actually sarcastic, or is it, uh, feeding? <laughs> I am living
2: the dream. I'm, I, I well, come, you- I come to work at ten thirty, and I'm not on until eleven. No, I come to work at ten past ten. I'm not on till 11, but that's okay. I'm just living the dream,
4: you know? Like, because I, I could ask that question to a guy who's cleaning out the bins and I'm walking down the street. They're, How are you, mate? i oh, live living the dream. Now, I don't know if you're serious or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyhow, oh, gonna, I don't think I'll ever know.
2: I think I'm going to go with it too.
4: I think it'll win. Oh, it's from I oh, So do I. So do I. Yeah, we have to now.
1: This is Darwin Turf Talk with Sam Highland and Chris Nelson.
2: Now, next up uh, on the list here is Kerry Petrick, who is a local Darwin trainer and has been having uh, good success, well, has had good success uh, for a long time in this part of the world. And, Kerry, welcome to Darwin Turf Talk. Uh, I was reading up about you, uh, reading a few articles on you this morning, uh, doing a little bit of homework, and uh, this, you've been been doing this all your life basically
1: uh yes i have I, well since i was in my early 30s and um, i think this is my 26th year that i've been um competing uh, training in darwin
2: fantastic now uh you've and horses should i say horses have been a part of y- your whole life uh, uh from reading this article uh yeah you you've been riding since uh since you could walk
1: Yes, pretty much. I grew up on a cattle station in Central Australia, so um, horses were a big part of our working life, and we also had racehorses back then as well. We bred district breeders on the cattle station, and um, my dad actually rode as a jockey. I don't know how. He's six foot one. (laughs) Um, As a jockey, this is in the country uh, meetings, of course, and then my mum went on to be a trainer in Central Australia. She trained for 25 years. Um, and she basically had just stopped training when I took it up.
4: Now, Kerry, uh, so city slickers like uh, Sam and myself, what is it like to, uh, to, to be raised on a cattle station? I mean, if I ask my kids to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, uh, to empty the dishwasher, it's a major catastrophe. I mean, I can imagine you would have worked pretty hard growing up on a cattle station.
1: Look, it's amazing when you think, um, I'm only in my mid 50s and I think about my childhood comparison in comparison to the kids growing up today. Like, we never even had 24 hour power. Um, and you know, sometimes it got up to 42 degrees in the summer. We used to sleep outside on a camp bed and wet our towels just to try and keep cool. No TV. We, um, um so I didn't have T V at all until I moved into town to, to go to high school. So yeah, complete different world. It's quite astounding.
2: I can't believe it. Yeah. The, Ninten- the Nintendo Switch it just would not <laughs> it would not have lasted, uh Chris No phones, <laughs> no
4: tablets, um, none but- of that stuff whatsoever. Oh I'm a- imagine any- Oh, you'll remember too, Sammy driving around with your parents with the uh the windows down in the car because we didn't even have air conditioning. Yeah, that's anyway, right.
1: we shouldn't. No, we're,
4: exactly. starting starting, we're starting to sound old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, uh, gave you gave you a good grounding for for then going into what is a really tough caper in in uh, in horse racing, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, and and you. you I th- I would imagine you know uh, having that that uh, amazing horsemanship behind you, and then you start training horses. It uh, gave you a good introduction.
1: Yes, it did. Um, believe it or not, I actually went away from the industry for a while and went and went to uni and studied fashion design, which I worked in for a few years, and then um, chose the hard life of of <laughs> training race horses. <laughs>
4: Yeah, well, I don't think this, uh, being a fashion designer would be any easy job either. It seems to be every girl's dream to be a fashion designer. So it's probably a pretty limited sort of marketplace. So it wouldn't be easy.
1: No, it certainly wouldn't be. It was just the fact that I moved to Darwin as well. And there was basically, you know, industry up here. So it was a it, easy choice to make.
4: Yeah, I'll bet it was. I'll bet it was. Now, uh, highlights. You've won two Alice Spring Cups, three Chief Minister's Cups, the Pioneer Sprint. Uh, the list goes on. There's, uh, there's others as well. Uh, I've got two Chief Minister's cup at Darwin as well. Uh, so three at Alice and two at Darwin. Two Buntine Cups, the metric mile and a guinea. So you've got a pretty good rap shoot.
1: Well, it's funny. Um, when I won the Derby the other day, um, It's the only two feature races that I would had left to win was the Parmesan Sprint and the Derby. So um, I've, I've ticked the Derby off the... Um, bucket list so I've got one to go which is this pioneer with a Parmesan sprint.
4: It's fantastic. We've got our Luca in that race.
1: And it's funny we um our Luca we weren't bringing him up from Alice. We'd left him down there and then I sort of said, Oh, maybe I'll go to Broome again this year. He went really well over in Broome last year, so we sort of like, Oh, chuck him on the truck. He doesn't really handle Darwin that well and um here you go, he's now the last winner going into the sprint so it was a, like I said, it was a last-minute decision to chuck him on the truck and bring him up from Alice, so it's worked out really good. He's, he's certainly paid for his trip.
2: Now, getting back to Venting, uh, who won the Derby last start with Paul Denton on board, which is fair to say, Paul is um, one of the oldest statesmen in the jockey's room up there, and uh, you've always had a lot of luck with him.
1: You wouldn't believe it. Paul rode my first ever starter in Darwin um, um, 26 years ago, I think, on February this year, and we won. Um, and yeah, all of these years later, he, he's still riding for me. And believe it or not, he actually rode a stack of winners for my mother as well. Fantastic.
4: Yep. And, the name of, and the name of that horse was Better Western.
1: That's correct. Better Western, 8th of February, whatever year.
2: <laughs> and it was a good ride with Venting because uh, he obviously got a fair way back in in the, in that race in the Derby, but cut the corner. And I tell you what, when when Paul wanted him, he really picked up and quickened, didn't
1: he? Look, he's actually a horse with a big future. He um, he is still just so. He's six months away from from being you know where he should be. He's he's mentally very immature. I just thought his run was so impressive. We um, We've been behind the eight ball with him, which is why he didn't run in the guineas. Um, And he got up here. Well, I got him in Alice first and then he was lame. And then we got him up here and he got heat stress and swollen legs everywhere and we couldn't work him. And so it was just... Backing him up over the mile um, where he ran a super second um, into the derby was a big, big chance. And I just couldn't believe how well the horse went. Denton rode it an absolute treat, gave him every opportunity. But he's actually got a really good finish. Um, uh, Yeah, a lot of ability this horse has got.
4: Now, on to your runners uh, tomorrow. You've got Real Divine going around. First uh, runner for you in race number two, uh, Paul Denton will ride.
1: Paul Denton will ride. Um, Look, we just haven't had a lot of luck with this filly. She's actually got a lot of ability. You can't, you know, when you look at her form, um, since I've had her, it doesn't show. Probably needs to spell and start again. But with a bit of luck in the running tomorrow, you never know. Barrier nine's probably not that favourable, but um, you never know.
2: New Roman in the Administrators' Cup.
1: He was a terrific little horse. He was bought here over the, uh, at the sales last year. He went super over the wet season. I think he's just a horse that actually likes the, the firm track. He's not very big. He uh, needs to jump and, and jump and lead. Needs the barrier, and he also loves the rails. So you never know. If he just gets a bit of a soft run, um, he could you know he could be in the finish.
4: Now, of course, the eight-year-old uh, Al Luca goes around in the Palmerston the race you haven't won. So hopefully tomorrow's uh, the first time you'll win it and hopefully not the last. Comes off a a win last time out, a solid win by half a length.
1: I I couldn't have been happy with his win the other day. I think this year he's performing a lot better in Darwin. Um, like I said, he's he probably struggles a little bit with that run down the hill here. Um, just a horse, you know, older horse, big horse, probably got a little bit of knee um, problems. But he's drawn a gun barrier. And hopefully, PD can give him a gun ride, and you never know. I just think as he's got older, he's running a twelve hundred meter better than what he used to. Um, so yeah, lady luck, hey.
2: And what are the chances yeah. of him uh, backing up? Like, is is you know, obviously it's an option because uh, he's accepted in a race on on Monday.
1: Look, I would I wouldn't. It depends what happened. Like, you sort of um, make that decision in case something goes, you know what I mean, pear shaped yeah. and you've got to scratch him out of the sprint or something happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, it would just depend how he pulled up and everything else. Um. Yeah. Highly unlikely, but like I said, you, you've you got that option, so you sort of take it.
4: Now, you've got uh, on Monday in race two, New Romans, your first starter, beaten a long way last time out. Was there any issue there?
1: Just a barrier. Just barrier. Look, and I don't know which way he'll go. He's he's running Saturday. He's accepted Saturday and Monday. Drew, the same barrier. He was the one I just said desperately needs a barrier. So um, I'll have a talk to the owners today and we'll sort of make a decision on, on what's the best way to go here.
2: And what about Boom Boom Sweet with Paul Denton on board?
1: Boom, boom, um, he's a lovely, lovely horse. He ran a really beautiful mile, won a beautiful mile race here early in the carnival. We tried him. He'd never actually run further than uh, 1,800, and that was only once. Um, unsuccessfully, we thought we'd be able to get him up over a bit further. He was unsuccessful in the buntine, so we freshened him back up. I think, he's a, I think he's one of the main chances in that race.
4: Well, Phantom Court is an interesting runner. Uh, I noticed go back five starts ago at Eagles Farm ran third to go Wanji. That's a pretty good form line, but he hasn't really fired uh, since he's been in Darwin.
1: She's um she, sorry. she's a very, very difficult mare to train. Um I've had more trouble than the early settlers with her, not in her physical condition, in her mental condition. Um she was very disappointing last run. I thought her first run was pretty good. Doesn't probably look good on, on paper, but um, she actually did race okay. Back to the thirteen hundred. Um, I just thought maybe the mile. She, although she'd won a mile at Eagle Farm, but it was on a heavy eight. I thought maybe that maybe the mile doesn't suit her. So we'll just take her back to the thirteen hundred um, and see how see where we can go there.
2: Kerry, best of luck. I'm going to have everything crossed for you and uh, cheering for you to take out the Palmerston Sprint. Uh, it would be uh, fantastic to, to knock that one over with our Luca and uh, look forward to, to meeting you over the weekend. Thanks for joining us on Darwin Turf Talk.
1: You're more than welcome. Have a lovely day. Thanks, Kerry. Good luck. There is. Okay, cheers. Bye.
2: There is Kerry Petrick, and, uh, yeah, she's got some nice chances, Chris Owen. Uh, gee, it'd be good to see her win the Palmerston.
4: Yeah, just to just to complete that, uh, that list of uh, feature races, it would be good, and I'd say she's got a good chance.
1: This is Darwin Turf Talk with Sam Highland and Chris Nelson.
2: Next up on Darwin Turf Talk is the voice of Fanny Bay. The voice of Fanny Bay is Craig Sant, and he does uh, well. He does it all. He calls the uh, the dishes, he calls the dogs, and the gallops. Craig, welcome to Darwin Turf Talk.
0: Hey, welcome, Sam. Or you get afternoon. What are we? Yeah, good morning, Sam. Good morning, Chris, and good morning, listeners it's going to be. Uh, well, you've got
2: a you've a got a, you've got a big weekend ahead of you. But yeah, and we spoke to Andrew O'Toole uh, uh, earlier on, and uh, there's a bit going on, uh, especially today. He he had his uh, hands full.
0: Yeah, look, he's filled up with all the acceptances come out today for the Monday meeting, the Cup meeting. So yeah, the tool man, he's a busy man this time of year. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of action on the street. I actually work at the track in the morning, so. It's a bit quieter there this morning, we had races yesterday, but uh, look, it's all gearing up for a big weekend, sprint day tomorrow, well, in fact not tomorrow, but Saturday, and yeah, Cup Monday, plenty going on and plenty of social activities in between.
4: Now you're the voice of Fanny Bay, as, uh, as Sam mentioned, Craig, but uh, you call the races, you call the dogs, couldn't,
0: they don't have any trots up there, obviously? No, I never had trots in my time, I think um, I think once upon a time they did give it a bit of a go, but it didn't last very long, but that's a... It's a long time ago, but no, just the greyhounds and the gallops here. So yeah, no trots in the territory at all, Chris.
4: And, and which do you prefer to call? Have you got a liking for one over the other?
0: Oh, actually, I grew up. I grew up in trotting a little bit. My dad had a couple of uh, trotters, just a hobby trainer. But I'd say the horses are a bit easier to call than the the greyhounds. The greyhounds are just so quick, you know. When you get those three twelve metre races mm-hmm. and you you're trying to be accurate, you know, you're trying to uh, describe the race to the punter who can't actually see the race so I think the greyhound race is a lot harder to call if you want to try and be accurate And, and the, at least with a horse race it, it does sort of uh, you know it takes a little bit of time and a bit more tactics involved although here in Darwin as you know from the, uh, the, the way they race up here I'm not sure if Sam ever rode up here but he knows they just get out and go on the dirt so yeah, it's it's quick, but I, I just certainly prefer the horses, I'd say, over the dogs. But I, I like both. I love both. We've got a good little industry up here in uh, with both of them, and uh, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty laid back. It's good, you know.
2: Craig, I was reading uh, reading an article on you this morning. Uh, just doing a little bit of homework, and it said you hail from New South Wales. Uh, how did it all start for you getting into into
0: calling? Yeah, well, look, I, as I said, my my dad had. Uh, had a couple of trotters. Uh, I was originally from Sydney and I spent my first 10 years down in the Shire and Dad used to train a few horses down there. We used to train them down, used to train them down at Kurnell Beach, not too far away from Shark Park. And then uh, when I was about 10, he got to transfer with his work out to the country. So well, I grew up out in the country, New South Wales, out near Parks, or a place called Peak Hill, sort of on the road between Parks and Dubbo. I had a few trotters. He worked and yeah, I grew up there and I was always around the racing uh, industry, mainly the trotters. And, um, look, I always wanted to be a race caller. And, uh, look, I was a little bit probably late to get into it. Um, I was in my 20s, which is a lot, pretty late, the beginning into the race calling. But, um, look, I just put the feelers out there once I thought I was sort of going okay. And then uh, Darwin gave me a call. And, um, yeah, they had, at the time, Darwin still had their own TAB. They had their own racing radio station, like, like you would have, uh, you know, doing the dividends and uh, doing the races. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was able to get a start there. So when I arrived here, then I was able to get into the greyhound race calling. The caller uh, uh, George Pollard. He was quite happy to give it away. He sort of was just doing it under sufferance and he gave me an opportunity. And, uh, yeah, it started at the greyhounds probably in the late 90s. And uh, then I did a little, a little stint in Alice Springs for the horses after the um, the TAB was sold to Queensland. So we didn't have the radio station at that anymore up here. So then all of a sudden it was... I was just calling the greyhounds. But uh, in the end, um, yeah, I only went to Alice Springs for about four years, a little stint there calling it Pioneer Park, and... Uh, Decided once well, uh, by this time I'd uh, got myself a wife and a couple of kids in the process, and uh, we thought, well, Darwin's probably where we want to settle down. So we came back up here, and I was able to uh, get back into the grounds. And Mick uh, Dumbles retired from the um, Gallops; he'd been the race caller at uh, Fannie Bay for about forty years, and he retired about ten years ago. And that's about where it is now.
4: So, did you do any calling in New South Wales, or you went straight to Darwin and started your career calling there?
0: No, well, I was. Sort of calling, uh, I was calling, I was going out to Harold Park, in fact, on a Tuesday and Friday night, so I was just practicing, really. I never had a paying job or anything in, in New South Wales. I, uh, a guy there was who worked at Harold Park uh, just got me to do some trials, mainly with the Trotters. Um, I used to go out to, sometimes out to the race clubs, out to Ranwick. He used to do, I think back in the day when you used to have a bloke that used to do the numbers when they, you know, like you have on TV screen down the bottom, where I think back in the original days, the guy would sit out there and just yell the numbers down the line, like you know, five, four, six, three. They're the top, you know, in a horse race. So you go out and do that for a little bit. I was just doing little odd jobs, just getting the experience, just getting me, um, you know, just feeling like I could do the job, you know. And I was I was calling a lot of trot races, and that was good out at Harrell Park because I had the spare boxes out there, and um, yeah, caught a little bit of football for the community um, community radio station out at Penrith, Penrith, and that was that was good, a bit more experience. Just calling something else, and um, and uh, but then yeah, and then I just put it out there, and I was able to get a start here in Darwin, and not really knowing what Darwin was all about, didn't know much about it. Um, but once I got up here, I, I really did enjoy the lifestyle. You know, it's it's uh it's a different, uh, it's certainly laid back. It's a lot different to anywhere else if you can handle the weather. Uh, it's a nice place to live, a good quality of life, and um, yeah. Look, it's 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 worked out really well in the long run.
2: Now, Craig, you're known to be a very good judge. I was also reading another article this morning, and the boys, the great tip-off, said this bloke is just the master of picking winners at uh, Darwin. How's that going for
0: you? Mate, this carnival has been a shocker. I've been talking about <laughs> I talked this last night. Having, I always like to have a couple of beers after last with a few of the boys. and Mate, I am struggling, and, but I keep saying to myself, well, you know, that big day might be far away. Like, yeah, normally you're... Well, they only really concentrate on the Darwin dogs and, and, and the horses. So, I mean, I've got a small pool of horses and greyhounds to work with. So, really, I should be tipping plenty of winners. I'm, I'm probably tipping better at the greyhounds than I am at, at Fanny Bait at the moment. I like, just think this carnival's been really tough. I, I don't know what it is. Normally, you, you get to the last few days of the carnival no. and you've got a few sorted out that you like, you know? But um, <laughs> it's, Yeah, look, uh, it's tough. But uh, hopefully, uh, the, this will be a big weekend.
4: Well, the great tip-off guys giving you a big rap probably worked against you because that generally is the case. Once someone gives you a pat on the back, you have a bad (laughs) run. But but it's funny how it runs like that. I mean, you you can just tip well and then you can tip exactly the same way, but the horses just don't seem to run for you. They're the first under pressure or they're sitting out wide having a horrid run. It's just the way it goes. You can't just be consistently tipping winners all the time.
0: No, that's right. You know, we're we're not the ones training them and we're, we're not the ones riding them and you know we don't yeah. really know what's going on behind the scenes. you're just going on what you're seeing. I mean, I think see you in know, the last couple of years I've been working at the track in the mornings, been like track supervisor and just supervising the equine pool. they got there where they swim the horses, so I think the last twelve months well the last couple of years maybe I'm seeing too much, and maybe i'm thinking thinking, thinking <laughs> in a different way you know i'm I'm getting too much information, yep. I'm listening to too many people, you know everyone wants to you know. If you know, by the time I get to the race, I'm totally confused, so I might be better off just staying away and, you know, just going it's, off the uh, form and the replays of videos, you know? It,
4: it's like going to the pub these days. There's too many beers on tap. You don't know what to choose. You have too much information, <laughs> as you <said>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: That's it. So, look, you know, I mean, I hope, hope hopefully, uh, look, the Darwin Cup generally is a race where we get a good look at the form going in. Um, it's been a little bit different this year, but certainly been good, but yeah, hopefully by the time we get to this last weekend of the year, we've just about seen every horse that's going to race at Sunny Bay on Monday. So you think you've got a pretty good handle on it. And, <laughs> yeah, let's hopefully we can get a result. Something about 20 to 1 would be nice.
2: Have you got Have you got uh, something in the Darwin Cup we can put the house on?
0: <laughs> put the house on. Yeah, cubby house. <laughs> uh, oh, look, like, the, the lead up races, uh, there's sort of. There's probably three lead-up races here in the last month that you look at. You look at the Chief Minister's Cup, the Metric Mile last week, and uh, the Buntine, which has run over the same distance as the Darwin Cup. And Living the Dream won the Metric Mile last week. Now, he was first up under race conditions since October. He ran in the Northern Cup in WA. He won the Kalgoorlie Cup, but uh, Rob Galberti, who trains, he, he won it a couple of years ago, uh, with It's a Him, a good that good horse from uh, WA, uh won a Group One as a three-year-old, and he won it two years in a row. It's a Him, and Rob knows what it takes. And uh, look, he came out last Saturday; and it was dominant, winning winning the Metric Mile. Brad Willis is in town riding, so he'll take the ride with the sixty-one and a half kilo. So that's a good form line from that race. Playoffs, a former, I think it's a. Uh, let me think. Kieran Ma, I think had playoffs down in Victoria. It's been with Gary Clark, and he won the Chief Minister's Cup a couple of weeks before that. And it was pretty dominant. So they're the two. And I think the market, as you'll see, the market, I think, has got it about right. I think um, living the Dream's the favourite in front of playoffs. And, um, look, I'm probably leaning that way a little bit at the moment. Gone Boy won the bun time. That's over 2050. And I can tell you that horse has trained on. I actually spoke to Emma Steele. This is the information that you, you just get too much of. But she was really <laughs> happy with the way it, <laughs> it kicked off that run. So she's just really improved. And... Um, She's, she's sort of confident that it's going to race well. Adam Nichols is a good rider. He's um, He also works with us at the track there. He's a bit of a maintenance man and he's a good rider. He's won a lot of good races up here. So, you know, they're, they're the three sort of lead-up races. And then horses like, yeah, Destroyer and a uh, horse that placed last year, Narada Roo, ran good in those uh, lead-ups too. So, look, at the moment, you know, if I had to have a bet to save my life, I'd, I'd go living the dream. I'd reckon the, uh, the West Aussie, but, you know, 61 and a half, uh, second up off a long break. It'll be interesting. Um uh, I think it'll be a good betting race to be honest.
2: Well, it's carrying myself, it's carrying Chris Nelson, it's carrying you, it's gonna be carrying Brad Rawilla. It's uh, gee, the world's gonna be on this And thing, Andrew O'Toole as well. <laughs> Andrew O'Toole.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, did he tibb it? Yep, <laughs> he oh did. no. We're
0: gone. We're gone.
2: <laughs> now what about what about in the Palmerston sprint? Kerry Petrick is uh trying to knock this race off with our Luca. This was a good win last time round.
0: Yeah, it was. A uh, horse that sort of always sort of didn't have its best form here. It seemed to race better in Alice Springs. Um, the track here, you have a pretty downhill run into the first turn. It's a, it's a good long run, but at about the 700-metre mark, you hit a pretty sharp turn. And the captain, uh, sorry, the uh, look, always just seemed to just get off stride there and lose momentum. And if it gets around the turn there and uh can balance up, it can, it can stick on OK. I mean, it's only got the 55 kilos. Um, I tell you, the horse that I thought's going okay, and I tell the trainer doesn't mind its chances. This is again more information here, but ideas, man. Um, he's won his last three. Talking to Chris Nash last night, he's really confident. He won the race last year with Mayamine, and he says, "Look, this this horse is better than Mayamine. If they, if if I had to compare the two, like he rides his track work and everything like that. Chris, he's worked for a few stables down south. He was tied up there with the, with the Stephen Brown stable there for a while, so." Yeah, Dean Holland's going to come up and ride from, bo- uh, from gate four. Uh, ideas, man, on pace. It's a, it's a filled with a lot of older horses. We've got the captain there. He's the uh, old champion up here, but he's got 61.5 kilos in the outside gate. Uh, he'd, he'd be first up or, or close to. He's had a break. Gary Clark's been swimming him. He's been trialling him. He's been going well, the captain. If he'd drawn well, I'd have given the old boy a real big chance. Um, but uh, just at the moment, Ideas, man, sort of the way I'm leaning a little bit, you know, just gets on pace and he's been tough. Uh, it's a good open race, that one. It'll be a good betting race. I think it'll be, yeah, really open betting. Um, Easy beast. Fork is, I think, Siren Fork's pretty confident. It'll run well from gate one. It was a good run. So I'm working around those two, really. Ideas, man, easy beast.
2: Righto. All right. Well, best of luck with the calling. Uh, I'm jumping on the bird tomorrow morning, so really looking forward to uh, the next five days up there, and uh, it's going to be good fun. So look forward to catching up for a beer crake.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Well, we'll, Chris, yeah, definitely uh, we'll catch up for a beer over the weekend, certainly after last, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, if you had a loose end on Sunday night, the greyhounds, uh, yeah. He's already going. He's going. He'll be there. (laughs) Oh, Sam, he's on there. Yeah, no, it's a good night. It's only a few minutes out of town, so it's not out of your way. And, uh, yeah, it's it's another eye-opener. This
2: this is what we like. This is what we like. Well, looking forward to it. And best of luck with the calling. Yep. Thanks very much, boys. All the best. Good on you, Craig. Good luck, Craig. There is Craig Sant. Well, that's us for another week, Chris-O. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I'm hoping to have plenty of tales for uh, our next show, uh, which is next week. I think it's uh, the day after I get back, so um, it'll be a bit of a uh, a roundup. and as I say, I think uh, I'll have a few tales to tell after a big five I'm days. Sure.
4: <laughs> I'm sure you will, Sammy. Uh, have a good trip, and yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy yourself, and what do they say? Don't do anything I wouldn't do.
2: <laughs> nah, I'll be right. I'll 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 look look, it's just uh it's Mars Fitzner and uh Campbell Brown that I'm
0: Oh crikey. I don't
2: I, I don't know You won't be let a I, I just don't know if I'll be uh I think I'll be off the bit trying to keep up with him,
0: you know? Uh,
4: I I don't think anyone could keep up with <laughs> Campbell Brown. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well he's uh he, he's he's uh already revving right up. He's Ordered Ugh. the ordered the affogados already. He's big on the affogados. Unbelievable. So, uh, all right. Well, well, I'll catch you again next week.
4: Look forward to it.
2: Good all travels. Right.